you had no idea the DMV was so intense, I imagine. Well, welcome everyone to Christian Challenge. Good to see you all here. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Victor. <laughs> um, sounds kind of cool, though. I like the ambiance there. Welcome to Challenge. Uh, my name is Eric. Just a little bit about me before we, we jump in tonight. I've been on staff with Challenge. This is my ninth year now, so it's been a while. Almost 10, not quite. Um, we'll see if I make it. Hopefully I do. <laughs> I graduated from USC in 2014, and I have a degree in biomedical engineering. I, let's go, BME, the greatest major. Um, that guy should switch to BME. Um, then I came back. I got my master's in that as well in 2015. I work now in, not BME, I work in the tech industry. I'm a senior product manager for a data, uh, data company that works with pharmaceutical companies. Um, yeah, and I also am married. There's a picture of my wife here. Here's Jess. Um, we've almost been married for three years. We got married right in the middle of COVID, so that's her parents' backyard. I love her very much. She loves cake very much, so it works out pretty well. Uh, yeah, tonight we're going to be starting a, a new series called What on Earth Am I Here For? And I think that is an excellent question to start off a new semester. Right? You all have an opportunity before you right now to decide what your purpose is going to be this year, this semester. Whether last year went great, maybe not so great for some of you, it's a fresh start. Every single one of you has that. Some of you are freshmen, too. We're the freshmen in here. Nice. Front row, excellent. Right? This semester could set the tone for your whole college experience. What is the purpose that's going to be guiding you this year? There's a lot at USC. You've probably figured that out by now. There's a lot at USC that can draw your attention. You know, classes are demanding. Obviously, there's a thousand clubs. There's a thousand things to do. And if you're not careful, it, it's just so easy to get swept up in a bunch of activity and stuff. Just a bunch of stuff and, and not really make any progress on the things that matter. So I think this question that we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks, why on earth am I here, is, is just critical to spend some time thinking about so that you make sure that the limited time you have in college, four years goes by really quick. The limited time you have in college really counts. And I imagine some answers are, are jumping into your head when you think of what is your purpose here at USC. Maybe I'm here to get a degree so I can get a job. Right? That makes sense. I'm here to make friends, make connections. I'm here for the college experience, whatever that looks like in your mind. Now, those are great answers theoretically. But in practice, every single one of those is fragile. They're fragile. I mean, think about it. What happens if, after you graduate, you, you don't get a job in your field? That's what happened to me. I have a master's degree in biomedical engineering. I have never once worked as a biomedical engineer. Am I a failure? I hope not. Uh, I think God had a different plan for me. But if my whole purpose was just to get that job and become that kind of engineer, you know, I, I'd be pretty aimless right now, pretty frustrated right now, I think. What happens if you do get the job and you get laid off? I mean, you see the news. All sorts of people are getting laid off right now. Very talented, smart people. If my purpose was just to work at a certain job and you lose that, what is your purpose then? You know, the college experience, what happens if a global pandemic comes and shuts down USC? That's never happened before, but it might, right? It's fragile. These things are fragile because they all rely on circumstances that are outside of our control. You know, there's these macroeconomic forces. There's just things going on in the world that we have no control over. And so if our answer to the question, why on earth am I here, rests on those uncertain things, we are setting ourselves up for a lot of frustration and disappointment, not just in college, but for the rest of your life. So what is a better answer to the question, why on earth am I here? Well, God tells us 
some things in the Bible. And here's just a couple of the verses that talk about our purpose as given to us by God. Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Acts 17, 26 to 27, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Why on earth are you here? You're here because God created you and he has a purpose for you. I mean, you exist, think about it, you exist because God wants you to exist. You wouldn't be here if God didn't want you here. You are made for God, as Colossians 1.16 says. As Acts says, you are here at USC by God's design and his purpose to seek him. And, as we see in 1 Corinthians, to glorify him, which glorify means to, to reveal his greatness and his majesty and all that he is. And this, if this is true, which it is, this has implication for every single area of our lives. Every single area, how we approach school and our work, our relationships, how you spend time with people. You know, God takes priority in all things. And that is our purpose. And so, yes, while you're at USC, you will be getting a degree, hopefully. Uh, you will be making friends and experiencing some really fun things, but all that is secondary. All of that is secondary to our purpose of getting to know God, being in a relationship with him, and then glorifying him with how we live. See, we all try to find purpose in ourselves. We're all trying to tell our own story. I want this kind of job. I want this kind of life. But there's a much bigger story being told around us by God himself, the creator of the universe, the creator of every single one of us. And it's not until we see that bigger picture do we really see where we fit in and what our purpose really is. So that's what we're going to do. The next three weeks with this series, Why on Earth Am I Here? We're going to be answering that question. What is the story that God is telling throughout history and through the lives of individuals just like you and me. You know, what is he doing? What is his purpose for us? And how does that impact your life as a college student at USC, no matter how long you have left here? And we're going to take a look at this through the lenses of three different greats in the Bible. The first great, which we're going to take a look at today, is the great mandate. This is found in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. It's the purpose that God gives humanity of filling the earth, multiplying, subduing it, and having dominion over it and the earth. So part of God's purpose for us is that we as humankind would spread throughout the earth, that we would develop the earth, that we would use its resources responsibly, that we work together to build communities, build cultures, and rule this earth as his representatives. That's what we're going to see tonight. But God didn't give us this mandate, the great mandate, and just leave leave us to do it by ourselves without any instructions. Rather, God's desire is for us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to know him and, and follow him. So next week, what we're going to take a look at is the great commandment. This is found in the Gospels. It's found in Matthew chapter 22 and Mark chapter 12. And it's the commandment that we get to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. You know, we are here for him. Remember, he is to be the most important thing. We're to be in relationship with him. And so what we're going to see next week is that the way we show our love for God is by trusting him and doing what he says. God not only created the earth and created all of us, he also created boundaries. He created boundaries for how we are to live on the earth and work the earth and fulfill the great mandate. He's the one who decides 
what is right, what is wrong, good, evil. He has the right to do that. Right? He created everything. And also, he does that because he really cares for us. And so like any loving father, he, he puts in place boundaries and rules. And we are called to follow. And between the great mandate and the great commandment, we see God's purpose for humanity, that we would fill this earth with people and work together to build communities and societies that worship him day in, day out, and all that we do at all times from heartfelt obedience. That is God's purpose for us, putting him first in all things, glorifying him, right, revealing his greatness as we go about life. That is why we are all here on earth, and we all have a, a role to play in that, no matter how small. Now, the problem is, we as human beings do not always obey God, do we? And in fact, quite often we reject what God has to say, and we do whatever we want. And we go outside of the boundaries that he sets for us in Scripture. We lie. We don't love each other. We selfishly put ourselves first. All these kinds of things. We, we sin. That's what the Bible calls sin, going against what God has said. I think many people, when they think of, of sinners, they have these pictures come to mind of the, the mass shooters and the evil dictators and all these people throughout history. And they think, you know, there's a sinner, but I'm not that bad. You know, I'm not a... I'm not an evil dictator or anything like that. But when we do that, we're comparing ourselves to the wrong thing. The standard is not the evil dictator or the mass murderer. The standard is God. And compared to God, who's absolutely perfect, absolutely good, holy, is the biblical word, we all fall short from that. We all fall short. Romans 3.23 tells us this. All have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one good but God alone. We all violate the boundaries that God has set for us, and thus we all fall short every single day in the purpose that God has established for us in the great mandate and the great commandment, and no amount of good deeds can ever outweigh that we owe a debt because of it. However, the good news is that God loves us, right? There, there are consequences to sin. Romans 6, 23 says the penalty of it is death, and what that means is we, you know, we physically die, but we are also eternally separated from God. I deserve it, you deserve it too, but God loves us, and that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus came to this earth in human flesh. He was fully God, he was fully man, and he never sinned his whole life. He willingly laid his life down, though, on the cross, taking the punishment that we all deserve, the, the death that we all deserve for our sin. He took that as a perfect sacrifice to perfectly satisfy the punishment that we all deserve, and then he rose from the dead proving that he indeed was God. And so for those who realize that, realize that they are deserving of death, that they are sinners, but turn from that and turn to Jesus and said for salvation, that's what the Bible calls repentance, they are forgiven and saved. The rest of Romans 6.23 says this, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You cannot earn salvation. It is a gift through faith in Christ alone. And so that brings us to the third week. The third week, we're going to take a look at the Great Commission, which is given to us in Matthew chapter 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples, make other Jesus followers of all the nations. All right, it's our purpose to share this good news that although we all stand condemned before God because of our sin, through Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness available to all, to all who accept. And then our purpose to go and help others grow in their faith. And what we're going to see in the third week when Aaron talks to us is that the Great Commission is really just the great mandate where we started, just stated again in the context of a world where there's sin. You know, now we are to go and fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply, but we are to fill it with other Jesus followers, other people who know the Lord. 
That is the redemptive story. That is the bigger story that God is telling throughout human history and the story that every single one of us get to play a role in. And so as we go through these next three weeks, the hope is that you will see that your purpose at USC is much more than getting a degree, much more than making friends, although that is all important, much more than the clubs. Why on earth are you here? You are here for God. You are here to play a role in the story of redemption that he is telling throughout history. That's the big picture. That's where we're going. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the great mandate and what it means for us today as we start a new semester here at USC. The great mandate, also called the creation mandate, you may see that if you look it up online, is found in Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, it's the first chapter of the Bible. God creates everything. He creates the heavens, the earth, the stars, the moon. He fills it. Uh, he fills the earth with plants and, and animals, and then he creates the first humans, a man and a woman named Adam and Eve. And we're going to pick it up here in Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here we read that God created humans in his own image. And that is the key idea tonight. That is the key idea that we need to understand to understand the great mandate, the creation mandate. What does that mean? What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Well, part of it is that we are unique amongst the creatures on earth. God himself is, of course, unique. There is no one like God in all of creation. And likewise, amongst all the things that God placed on the earth, we also are unique, right? We are spiritual. We have the capacity for spiritual relationship. We, we are able to reason. We have morality. Animals don't have that. Um, animals have instincts. Right? They act on instincts, but an animal can't write beautiful music or develop a complex technology or build a skyscraper, right? We're just different from them. That's something that sets us apart from the animals. Also, like God, we are eternal. We all have souls. Um, we're all going to live forever, whether in, in heaven or hell. But we all, we all are eternal. Animals aren't like that. So, so part of being made in the image of God is that we are just different from animals. But another part, and, and the part that is more applicable to us tonight as we're talking about purpose, is that we are in, intended to represent God on earth. We are the, the image, literally the picture of God on earth. I think John Piper has this really helpful illustration using statues to, to talk about what this means further. What is the purpose of a statue? Think about it. Why do we build statues? Well, it's to display something about the person we built a statue for. My wife and I were in Florence uh, this past summer, and there's all these different statues throughout the city of great people from um, Florence's history, like da Vinci, Michelangelo, Dante. And, and the idea is they're publicly put on display all throughout the city so that as we're walking through, we look at them and remember that person. And think about that person. Wow, Michelangelo is really smart. Wow, they were so clever, so brilliant. And that is God's desire for making us in his image. That as people see us and how we live, we would reflect his character. Right? That we would glorify him, like we talked about earlier, that we would reveal the greatness of God to each other as we are living. When someone sacrificially loves us, we think, wow, that is what God is like. He sacrificially loves. He perfectly loves. When we hear a beautiful piece of music, we think God is creative, far more creative than us. Right? We represent God. Now, of course, we do sin. Right? We are not perfect images of God. That image has been marred. But the intention, the intention is that we would represent God here on earth. And that is a key part of our purpose. 
And that's something that you don't just see here in Genesis, but all throughout Scripture repeated over and over again. Take a look at some of these verses from the New Testament. Matthew 5.16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.20, part A, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Why on earth are you here? You are here because God wants you, as his image bearer, to represent him, to reflect what he's like, to glorify him as you go through your daily life here at USC and classes and homework and all of that kind of stuff. This, this impacts everything about our lives, every single bit of it, right? How you approach school, relationships, work, what you're doing with your roommates, your finances. You are designed to represent God here on earth by how you live. Now, we do need to be careful with this concept of being an image bearer. This isn't meant to create an arrogance in us. Right? Some misinterpret this as humankind are, are equal to God in some way. We have some sort of divinity, but th that's not true. We, we sin. We fall short. We are in no way equal to God. God is infinitely above us. But the idea is that God created us with a likeness of him that we may represent him here, that we may glorify him, reflect, and reveal his greatness. And so it's with that context that God created us as his, in his image, as his image bearers, as his representatives, that he gives the great mandate in the next verse, verse 28. And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here we see first God blesses them. Right, just again, reinforcing that we are meant to represent him. We have his blessing here on earth to do that. And then we see that there are two big parts to the great mandate here. The first part is be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. So what does this mean? It's have babies, right? To make more people. <laughs> Literally, that's what it means. Have children, settle throughout the earth, fill the earth. But remember, the context is as an image bearer. So it's not just fill the earth with more people. The idea is that we, as God's representatives, would fill the earth with other images of God. That when we do have children, we would raise them by teaching uh, our children his ways. That in our personal relationships, we would reflect the character of God and build communities that reflect God together. That we would build cultures and societies and all these different things together with God and his ways at the center, filling the earth with other image bearers, just like him so that the whole of the earth may be filled with other worshipers of God, and that all humanity together as one would be reflecting God, glorifying him together. That's the picture. That's what we're called to do as the first part of the great mandate. So what does that mean for you as a student here at USC? Do you need to start having kids? No. <laughs> Relief, I know. Rather, ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. What sort of culture am I filling USC with? What sort of culture am I filling USC with? What am I multiplying here at USC? Right? We're always contributing to creating culture in some way in our lives by how we act and how we interact with other people. We're always multiplying something. In the dorms, right? if you're looking to serve and, and love your roommates, you're creating a culture of servanthood. Alternatively, in the dorms, if you are selfish and never do any chores, you're creating a culture. Maybe not a good one, but you're creating something there. right? In class, what culture are you creating in challenge? We're all contributing to the culture of challenge this club. Is it one that represents God? And if not, well, what do we need to do to change that to more closely align with what God wants and move in the right direction? I think 
culture seems like this huge, abstract, grandiose concept. Like, how can I possibly create culture? But really what it is is it's just as simple as our daily interactions with each other. That's the culture we're creating. We all have a part to play. So ask yourself, what culture are you building? That's the first question we need to address today. And that's the first part. We are here as on earth as images of God to fill the earth with more and more reflections, more and more images of him. And, you know, in the people, in the people we are ourselves and then also in the cultures that we're building, the interactions we're, we're building as we go throughout our life. And then the second thing we see in the, in the great mandate is to subdue the earth and have dominion over the earth. So this literally means to take the earth's resources and make them beneficial to humanity. Part of God's purpose for us on this earth is to work, is to use the different ways he has gifted us to bring structure to the world. God created the earth with natural resources, but it was, it was unformed, right? There was no infrastructure, no cities, nothing was built yet. There was no technology. I mean, even in the Garden of Eden, which God creates here in Genesis, part of what God creates here in Genesis 1 is described as a paradise. But in Genesis 2.15, it says it needed to be worked and maintained. Work is part of our purpose here on earth. But again, this is in the context of being an image bearer. So that makes a difference. As we go about subduing creation and having dominion, we do it in a, re- in a way that reflects God as his representatives. We don't work for selfish reasons. We do not use the earth in overindulgence and waste. We don't abuse it for selfish reasons or greedy reasons, right? As, God rep- as God's representatives on earth, we use our work to bless others in the different ways that we've been gifted and the different work that we do. We all play a role in forming human society on this planet. So again, what does this mean for you as a student at USC? Again, subduing the earth, huge idea. What the heck does that mean, grandiose idea? The question you need to ask yourself there is, how can I use my work to bless others? How can I use my work to bless others? Rather than focusing on the money or the prestige or the benefit that it brings to me, how can I use my work to bless others? How can my work advance this God-given purpose of bringing structure to the world and, and, and benefiting humanity through it. Um, who, who's a business student here? Welcome. Uh, <laughs> you know, as a business student, how can you create, you know, ethical companies that make products that make life easier for others? That is part of fulfilling the great mandate. Science and engineering? The best ones. Um, all right, how can you use your skills to better understand how God has put together the world and, and work to develop new technologies? But art. Music, writing, yeah, right? How can you use your creativity and skill to reflect the creativity and skill of God and just bring joy and, and happiness to people in the world with your creativity and art? You get the idea. If, if you're not one of those majors, you don't have to change your major. Um, <laughs> you get the idea, right? Each of us can use what we're studying to play a part in this purpose that God has given us. And it's not just work at a career either. It's, it's any work that you do. You know, cleaning up your dorm room, helping a fellow classmate with homework, that is work. That is playing a role in advancing the purpose that God is laying out here, building these communities, bringing structure to the world. Um, Later in the New Testament, 1 Peter 4.10 puts it like this, and I love this verse. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has gifted each and every one of you uniquely, and he wants to use your gifts to serve others, to work to bless others as his image bearers. So again, what gifts has he given you? How can you work to use that to bless others? And so fulfill the second part here of the great mandate. Again, it seems so big, such a huge idea. 
you know, Genesis 1.28. But really, when you break it down, every single one of us can partake in this. Every single one of us has a small role to play. And I think, I think if you understand this, your perspective on some things will start to change. First, this establishes your identity. This establishes your identity. Your identity is not your GPA. Your identity is not your future career, your paycheck, the size of your house. Your identity is that you are made in the image of God. That's who you are. Your identity is that you are a representative of God here on earth. That's who you are. That's why you're here. And that, again, should not puff up your brain and make you arrogant. Rather, that should open up your eyes to see, wow, the story is so much bigger than me. There is so much more going on than my career or my grades. Right? And second, I think this establishes the right perspective towards work. If work's all about yourself, it's so easy to burn out. I've been there. Don't get the internship you wanted, aren't seeing the promotions. What's the point? It's frustrating. But again, it's it's fragile, like we talked about in the beginning. Those are fragile things to hang your purpose on. Some of you are going to have great success in your careers, and some of you just won't. It's just how it is. It's not because you're not smart enough or not clever enough or aren't working hard enough. That's just how it goes. Some of you will just not succeed in the ways you want to succeed. But when you see your role as a representative of God, tasked with filling and subduing the earth, every type of work has dignity. Every type of work is important. Obviously, if it's within the boundaries of what God has said, but everything that has contributed to society has value in God's eyes. It has purpose. Whether you're jumping up the corporate ladder or whether you're just working some small little service job that won't look good on your LinkedIn resume. Right? I see you out there, LinkedIn people. Um, whether you're studying for an exam or you're just cleaning dishes, your work is valuable to God. It matters. All of it. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 puts it like this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. All of our work serves Christ when done for Christ and done for God because our work is part of fulfilling this great mandate our purpose. You are representing him in your work. The great mandate seems so big, but we all have a small little part to play, every single one of us. So what culture am I building? Ask yourselves these questions. What culture am I building, and how has God gifted me to bless others with my work, and my relationships, and my interactions? Now, before we end tonight, we do have to address one more thing, and sin. We have to address sin because we all sin. Like I said earlier, yes, we are made in the image of God, but that image has been defaced by sin. But that doesn't mean that the purpose that God sets out for us before sin happened goes away. Rather, it's, it's reiterated. If you look throughout Genesis alone, it's, it's reiterated four or five times. The great mandate still stands for us today to accomplish despite sin. The difference is now we have to contend with sin in our life. This desire that we all have to instead of do things for God's glory, as 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, you know, work so that we become rich or get status or benefit ourselves only to put our identity in the wrong things, to leverage society for our benefit instead of trying to bless society with our efforts. And we all struggle with this, every single one of us. And if we're not careful, it's really, really easy to be pulled off track and get sucked into that, the cares of the world and all of that, and in doing so, miss out on the purpose that God has for us. So how do you deal with that tension? How do you deal with that, that sin and that desire to to go away from God. Well, we need to look to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the perfect image of God. 
Look at these verses. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Hebrews 1.3, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And so, if we are to fulfill this purpose that God has given us to be his image bearers, we need to submit to Christ. We need to submit to Jesus and learn from Jesus and daily rely on Jesus in order to accomplish this. So, my charge to us tonight is as a community of Jesus followers here at Challenge, let's do, look to do that this year. Right, we have a fresh slate. Let's look to do that here at Challenge. Let's come together to build a culture of men and women who are daily choosing to represent God following Jesus and then glorifying him, right? Showing to others at USC his majesty and his greatness. And if you're not a Jesus follower today, well, I would invite you, you know, stick around and learn more about him and just see up close what a relationship with God really looks like and what Jesus is really like and the difference he makes. There are many people here who can help you with that. Why on earth are you here? You are here at USC to seek God and to glorify him in all that you do. And that purpose will stretch far beyond your years here at USC. And that is a purpose that's far more important than any degree or any job or anything else in our life. So let me pray for us. God, thank you that we have purpose in you and that it is not fragile, that it is solid, and that it will last forever. I pray, God, that you would help us to realize that, that you would guide us. And thank you so much for Jesus, that we have a perfect image of you to follow and learn from. Thank you so much, God. I pray tonight that you would help us answer those questions and just think through, how are we representing you? And God, I am sure that for every single one of us, there is an area where we are not doing this well. I pray that you would help us change that so that we would glorify you more fully and just magnify your greatness here at USC. Thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for creating us and giving us this purpose. In your name we pray these things. Amen.